Wednesday Night Wallop presents. Hello, this is Rylan, the computer boy. Thank you for joining. Rylan Turner's Morning Sports Report. So, the computer is crazy! Crazy, I say! sports fans rylan turner here for the first episode of season two of rylan's morning sports report and it's nba playoff time and we normally have a different guest for nba uh topics but tonight damn it this morning this morning (laughs) this morning it's (laughs) it's early um we have a very special guest, a guy who has been on the podcast before on our anniversary show, uh, the first anniversary of Wednesday Night Wallop. He came on and did some lists with me and Kyle. It was great. And I'm so, so happy to have him back to talk NBA because we do talk NBA on the side sometimes and it's a lot of fun. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Chicago's finest, Vince Delgado. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate being invited onto the show. I look forward to talking basketball with you. And I'm a fan of Wednesday Night Wallop. So, like, we've been talking about it. I, I think I did, like, two shout-outs for you guys already, yep. like, within, like, the last few months. And I'm like, yep. maybe one of these days we'll get to collab again. And, you know, the cards align. We're getting get, get a chance to talk basketball. Like, like you know, I love me some basketball. And it's great, great episode to be on. I'm excited to be on episode one. Well, this is going to be great. So, season two starts off with the NBA playoffs 2022 but before we get into the playoffs let's talk uh firstly um we're recording this on wednesday uh thursday thursday morning sorry thursday morning (laughs) um and before anything uh sports related can go down me and vince predominantly cover wrestling yes um and uh, last night on dynamite a big announcement was announced in chicago at the united center in late June, we are going to be getting a pay-per-view called Forbidden Door between AEW and New Japan. Vince, you're a Chicago uh, native. Like, tell me, what is this? What does this feel like? Are you going to this show? Like, this is this is a very cool show. So, uh, since the whole pandemic started, I've been very selective on what shows I go to. I think I've only been to one live event since the pandemic, and I've been very selective. Um, about about what I attend, I went to the the rampage with CM Punk at, at electric uh, atmosphere, one of a kind. Couldn't miss it. Obviously, I I was thinking about. I went to the Raw in Chicago because I thought Cody was going to show up. Thankfully, he didn't because the debut at WrestleMania was fantastic. Chef's yep. kiss. Yeah, and uh, this as well. It, to me, like I, I love New Japan, and it's been kind of hard to keep up with New Japan. So. I'm just very excited to see the collaboration between New Japan and AEW. It's going to be a fun show. I don't know if I'm going to be able to attend. It depends on how ticket sales go. If they're very hard to come by or the prices are too steep, I might just go ahead and save my money. Because it is playoff basketball around this time, so I may want to go ahead and use my money on the Bulls playoff game. Haven't been to the playoffs in like five, six years. I think the last game I attended 
was the second round series versus the Cleveland Cavaliers where LeBron James hit that baseline dagger mid-range uh, two-pointer. Oh. That, that, yeah, that was the last game. That's the last playoff game I attended. Was when he hit. I was right in front, right behind the basket too. Like so, he shot that right in my face almost. So uh, I might need to go to a better game, especially considering uh, the way the, the the Bulls and the Bucks series is going. And it looks like it's a very exciting series. I'm excited again. It just it, it really depends on uh, how ticket sales go and if the availability of the tickets and the price. But man, you never know. Like with Chicago, with, with me, I'm I'm a last minute kind of guy. I might show up last minute and get like like 200 level, 300 level, and maybe even standing room. It depends on the card, man. But I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to see, even if I can't be in in attendance. Absolutely, absolutely, a big, big, big announcement. I I think that it's lived up to its hype, um, and uh, it'll <laughs> well, be it'll be a good time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Tony Khan has like a big track record of huge announcements but this one actually delivered this one actually yeah, delivered one, and i feel like the ring of honor one did too to a certain degree i mean he was buying yeah. another company and, and, and it worked but you're right the, the surprise is it's getting to the point where it's like oof. let's get into some sports though so before yes. we get into the playoffs uh there's a lot of hot topics coming out of the regular season that i think we do need to touch on uh number one the los angeles lakers uh, okay, so at the beginning of the season, uh, everyone predicted that this team was not going to go very far. Uh, the age of the team was questionable. Some of the players questionable. Uh, was Anthony Davis going to perform at the level that he's been expected to perform since he became a Laker was in question, and I don't feel like delivered. Uh, LeBron, I am not a LeBron fan. I am an MJ guy day in and day out, but I will Interesting. Say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah uh Jordan all the way uh but but LeBron went above and beyond the season this guy was hurt a lot of the season and the fact that he was able to attain the stats that he did uh at the age that he's at he's uh, I think the people who are going oh this kills the goat conversation are ridiculous no I, I while while I feel like Jordan will always be the goat in my heart um I don't feel like you can kill the conversation about LeBron being him being the goat by simply this, this season, not panning out the way that anyone expected it to, or at least the way that critics expected it to, and maybe not the guys on the team and the coaching staff on the team and what have you. Mm -hmm. So Vince, I'll give you the floor right now. Let's talk about the Lakers. What do you think the biggest problems were? Um, Yeah, go, go ahead. I think the biggest problems, and it's one that not too many people are talking about, is it's in the front office. It's Rob Palenka. I think he's he's missed a he's missed a few steps here, a, 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 a few moves. First and foremost, uh, letting Alex Caruso go in favor for Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, obviously, I'm biased given that he's on the Bulls and he's thriving right now. But still, like I feel like you put you put put him at that point guard position right now, whether a starter or coming off the bench for the LA Lakers. And I feel like he helps stabilize what they're trying to do. Um, obviously, the West, the Russell Westbrook trade is a big one, and a lot of people harp on that trade. But like LeBron was pushing for that trade, and yes, they made it. In hind- hindsight, being 2020, it was it was not the best move. I was kind of skeptical about it too because you see how Westbrook plays with the ball, attacking the basket. LeBron is a very similar player in that regard. I wasn't really sure if they could make it work. The only way it would have worked if it was if Westbrook and LeBron James both equally 
sacrificed and tried to uh and tried to like play off the ball, cut to the basket, you know, move movement without the ball. Right. But it was it was management. I think you go ahead and you make that buddy heel trade because I feel like that's what you need. You, you I feel like you still keep either uh KCP or uh, I th- I think Kuzma was the big factor in that trade. But I think KCP was still going to be on the team. So now you ha- still have KCP, you have Buddy Heald, you choose Alex Caruso instead of Talon Horn and Tucker. I think THT was one of the guys that uh San Antonio wanted. I know a lot of people have been mentioning this including Magic Johnson, but Man, they could have had DeRozan if they were able to like maneuver or sign and trade, including THT and some other guys. You might have been able to have DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Buddy Hill, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis on that team. But that the big issue is management. Uh, signing the wrong kind of vets, thinking that they can just get away with running uh, Trevor Ariza, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, and all. All those guys. That that was the big issue. Can't, guys like Kent Basemore were like big free agent signings. And then as the season progressed, guys, uh, I'm trying to blank on his name, but like they signed him off the waiver wire. He was on the Bulls. Uh, he got cut. And then like towards the end, he was he was playing for the Lakers. I'm, I'm trying to blank. He, he was drafted by the Pistons. I'm trying to blank on the guy. Stanley, I, I jo- Stanley Johnson. Okay. Stanley Johnson. There you go. I, I always have a bad, like it takes me a minute to like remember players. But it, it's stuff like that. They should have recognized what this team needed. And it, it just all goes to management, man. It goes to management. Obviously, um, obviously the coach got let go. He was a scapegoat, but also He injuries. was a scapegoat, but he also, like, again, like you've had a few seasons with this team and you've mm-hmm. won a championship, sure. But and, – and, and I'm not one of those people who thinks that the 2020 championship was an asterisk because like, it's still basketball. You're still playing hard. And there was a lot of shit you had to deal with on top of basketball. Right. So like, I don't look at that season. Like it's any less than any other season with the exception of there were less games played. Um, And then everybody was in the same scenario. Like, so like, it's not like the Lakers had some sort of an advantage. Obviously it helped their older players knowing that they had a little bit of a rest and they were just in one area, didn't have to travel back and forth. So it helped, you know, it it definitely helped. But at the end of the day, it also hindered them the following season because last year, people like to forget, but last year, because of the injuries, because of the the short, short turnaround, from uh from the championship season into like the last year, they they were kind of hobbled. They were very injured. I think LeBron went out. I think AD went out at some point. But they were they were giving the Warriors some fight. They were giving the Phoenix Suns some fight. As I think they were a seven seed at that last year in right. the playing tournament. So they still looked good last year. It's just they slowly chipped away at the uh, the core championship pieces that they had, the role players that they had. They, I guess, uh, undervalued the importance and significance of those role players that they had, like guys like Danny Green, like a like a KCP that I mentioned, the Kuzma guys that can spread the floor, but they can help with the perimeter defense, which was sorely lacking this season. Right. So I think that's the biggest issue is management, and Rob Palenka needs the full f- uh, front of the blame, in my eyes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, moving on to the next topic, Uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, my home team, because that's all we got up here in Canada. I feel like they performed better 
than anyone anticipated them to at the start of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly Scotty Barnes performed better than Oof. I think anyone give him credit for. And while he's out right now, like I feel like this kid came up and showed up and could be rookie rookie of the year. Do you, uh, do you one agree with that? And two, give me your thoughts on the Raptors. Okay. So my thoughts on the Raptors is thank God they're back in Canada because something happened to them while they were down in Florida that just messed with them. Like, obviously I feel like once they were back in Toronto, they, they got back into groove. Shout out to Fred Van Fleet, local Illinois guy. So I love, I love me Fred Van Fleet. I love the Raptors. They're, they're a scrappy team. They're a hard nosed defensive team. Whenever I try to build the team in 2K, it's similar to what the Raptors are. They're lengthy guys that that have just like a a ton of wingspan that can defend multiple players. I love Scotty Barnes. I love OG Ananobi. I love everyone on their team. Every and I love their coach. I I, I I love everyone on the Raptors. I like what they're doing. They definitely overperformed as to other people's expectations. I knew they were going to be good. I knew they would be a playoff team. And sure enough, they were. They they got in there. What were they? The I think the fourth the fifth, seed. No, the fourth or fifth. The fifth seed. Fifth seed. Yeah, they were battling with uh, with my Bulls there for for a hot minute there. They ended up getting matched up with Philadelphia. Right now, they don't look so hot. Right now, no, going up no, against, they don't going up against Philly. But that game three, they gave them a fight, and they had every opportunity to win there. Scotty Barnes, man, he's looking like what I want Patrick Williams to be for the Chicago Bulls. And he's accomplishing that in his rookie year. And Pat Will, he's looking better now. But that, that if, if Pat Will become it becomes anything close to Scotty uh, Scotty Barnes, I'll I will be happy. I like him. He's one of the guys that I think is up there for rookie of the year. Ultimately, I do believe it's Evan Mobley from the Cavaliers. They will take those honors just because you know, like I, I think he's had a better season. He's a higher a higher drafted player. It's just my personal preference. I, I would not be mad at you. I would not be mad at the league at all if Scotty Barnes ends up walking away with rookie of the year. But mm-hmm. I love him. He uh he he feels very old school Chicago style basketball player. He reminds me of guys like Luol Dang, like Danny Granger, a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, scrappy guys that can play on both ends of the floor. I love Scotty Barnes. Okay. I, right. I can't say I like it. I'm not, I'm not just I'm not trying to gas you up just because it's you, Rylan, but I really do enjoy the Raptors. I love the Raptors. Uh, they were a team that I was rooting for, especially when they had Kawhi. So I do want to see success for the Raptors because they're one of my favorite franchises outside of Chicago to like support. Well, we appreciate all the support we can get, especially from a NBA like dynasty in Chicago. Somebody to, uh, for somebody to, to appreciate us. Oh, that's an honor. Uh, let's talk about Chicago. What yes. the fuck happened, man? It just, <laughs> it came down this year. It came oh, down. Oh, like, man. The, the acquisitions of DeRozan Ball and, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, Caruso. I, I'm not sure who else they, they added to the team. But, wow, what a season. And I, I understand that, that it didn't end as good as it started mm-hmm. and, and as good as it, it progressed. But, right. like... Still, I think there's something to be said for this Chicago Bulls team that it just, again, went above and beyond and, and achieved a level of, uh, you know, greatness that I, I feel like we're, not everyone gave them credit for at the beginning of the season when they were winning games. Uh, yeah, so going into the season, I thought worst case scenario for this Bulls team after everything they've uh, 
did in free in in the summer and free agency in the draft. Um, oh yeah, Io DeSumo too. Like getting him with the 39th pick in the was it the 39th or the 37th pick? Uh, but it was it was the low 30s. But the guy Io DeSumo, local Chicago guy from Illinois, he was a big acquisition as well, especially when Lonzo Ball went out and Alex Caruso went out. Um, my worst case scenario for the Bulls was like a five to seven seed, which is where they landed. They landed as a six seed, and ultimately, I was like, best case scenario. They're going to go into the playoffs. They may lose a first-round series. They could maybe get into the second round. But best-case scenario, I can see them being in the conference finals. And for a good stretch there, like you were saying, they were the number one seed going into the playoff, going into the all-star break, I should say. And they looked fantastic. I I was all on board with the Lonzo Ball uh, acquisition. As Caruso, I liked I thought he was a little overhyped when he was in LA, but now him seeing him here in Chicago, I can see that he's that and then some. What he brings to the to the table and what he brings to the court cannot be measured in the stat sheet. Like he has so much, he was so much like uh, contributions on defense, just like just the little things, just just the little things that Alex Caruso does. The Demar Derozan signing, I was a little skeptical about because yes, I knew what Demar could do, but I also saw what Demar can't do. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen with that acquisition. Obviously, it was superseded my expectations. And I will say this: if you flip the, if you flip how the the how the season went, like the let's say the Bulls started off slow and ended up hot, how they started the season, we'd be we'd be feeling completely different about the Bulls. We were like, man, the Bulls they turned it up after the all-star break they got really hot they're the sixth seed they're looking good they can upset a team and it's all about narrative it's all about when you get hot and when you and when you're not hot so like right. that that that's another thing if you reverse how the season started like they started it slow they end hot i think fans and just media in general are like a little bit more positive on the bulls but it's it's more or less like people saying like oh you know they're going to be terrible the Rosen signing is going to be it's going to be it's not going to be good they're going to be like one of the worst defensive teams and towards the end they kind of like like fed into that narrative but i still believe in this team they they were never going to be a championship contender team uh they're still a few pieces away from just making it to a championship level but I, I see some good things here. I see some good things. And all I can hope for is just strides and improvements, especially from guys like Patrick Williams. So I don't know, man. I'm excited about what the Bulls did. Uh, am I disappointed they ended the way they did? Yes. But overall, this is probably the best Bulls team that I have enjoyed since the Derrick Rose days. Oh, that, that makes me so happy for you because I'm such a lifelong Bulls fan. Like I said, Jordan guy for life. And, and the last dance, uh, it really just put over how I felt about that team uh, throughout my youth. Mm-hmm. So a- a- as it sits right now, uh, the, I-, I talked to Kyle Joseph, my co-host from Wednesday Night Wall before uh, we recorded this podcast. Yes. And he wanted uh, to, he wanted us to talk about a certain series in this playoffs, Dallas yes. and Utah and how you think it's going to play out. Uh, oh, I'm a big Dallas guy. I, I like Utah, but mm-hmm. like, I'm a big Luca fan, man. Like I, yes. I want to see him so. I want to see him succeed in a half. Like yes. So I would like to see Dallas go over here, but like, what what are your thoughts on the series? Okay, so uh, the way things have went out was they 
they're look it's looking better for Dallas because the Luca injury obviously did not help matters for them whatsoever. They lost the first game against Utah. Uh they thanks to the help of local Chicago guy Jalen Jalen Brunson and former Chicago Bull Spencer Dinwiddie, they were able to go ahead and pick up that game to win. And that's very crucial, man, because I don't know the state of Luca's health going into game three or game four when as a recording of this uh podcast. But man, if Luca can't play, it doesn't look good for the Utah Jazz. It doesn't look good for the Dallas Mavericks, I should say. Or if he or Luca does come back and he's not uh, even like eighty percent of who he is, they might get bounced in the first round, unfortunately. And the matchup with uh with Utah is just not a good one. Yeah. That that's that's the only thing. If if Luca was one hundred percent healthy, I feel like it's more of an even series, and it could go six, seven games. I feel like it still will go six, seven games. It's just I'm leaning more towards Utah right now until I see how Luca looks on the court back from that injury. Because again, I don't know how severe it is, man. Um. All right. Well, the next segment on this show is going to be one that uh, it, for me it, it is the favorite segment I do on this sports report. Um, Vince, we're going to play a very special edition, a playoff yes. edition nice. of hot or not. I'm going to give you, not. I'm going to give you seven teams. I usually only do six, but seven, just cause it's okay. you Vince, All right. seven teams that I want you to tell me how you think they're going to perform in this playoffs, uh, given what we've already seen. Um, and if you think they have it, the, the ability to maybe go the distance and okay. then we will end the show with your finals predictions. All um, right. Um, just to clarify you're going to name me the team and I say whether they're going to be hot or not hot. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And, and you can give me a reason why. Okay. Feel, f- feel free to vent. All right. Uh, number one, Phoenix. They're hot. Um, but they're a little like mild right now. They're, they're like, they're a little luke- lukewarm because of the Devin Booker injury. As long as the Devin Booker injury is not too severe, just like what we said about Luca. I'm I'm hot on the on the Suns. I like them to go all the way to the conference finals, obviously, and even make it make it to the finals once again. Uh, they were my team going into the playoffs as my favorites to win it all. But yeah. the Devin Booker injury is going to be key. Um, I think they still get past the Pelicans. The second round, I think they either I think they're going to face the winner of. Um, Who's who's on the other side of the bracket? They're gonna, they're going to face the winner of uh, Utah versus uh, Dallas, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think even then, without a Devin Booker, they still have a chance to beat either of those teams. So I'm still hot on them because I think that they can get past the first two rounds without Devin Booker being at 100 percent or even being there. That's how much, how confident I am with the Suns, especially with Chris Paul being the point god that he is right now. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Aiden, this is a perfect opportunity for DeAndre Aiden to get that max contract extension that he's been wanting and like show the Suns management that he deserves that extension that, that, that he wants. And I believe he deserves. Um, so I'm, I'm hot on the Phoenix Suns. You know, they're the Suns. They should be hot right now. You know, no <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Number two, Memphis, a team that I feel like came out of nowhere this year. John Moran Oof. just slammed yes. it down and proved ever so more that he is way more the player than, again, I think people gave him credit for in the beginning. Like, this this Memphis team has gone from not in the playoffs for the last two seasons to, mm-hmm. what were they, number two? They were the number yeah. two seed? Like, that's yeah. insane. 
And what's even crazy about the Memphis Grizzlies is that when Ja went out earlier in the season, a lot of people, including myself, uh, felt like they were going to fall off. But they played tremendously well without him, so much so to the point where, where he, when he gets taken out of the game in the playoffs right now, uh, I saw that in game two against the Minnesota Timberwolves. By the way, that that series is going to be fun, too. Yes, yes. That's, that's going to be a fun <laughs> series to watch. Um they just play well. Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., the acquisition of Steven Adams is actually working out better than I or anyone else could have anticipated. I, I thought they were – I like what the Memphis Grizzlies are. To me, they remind me of a – like, I, I love the Grizzlies because of Jaw. obviously. He just reminds me of a young Derrick Rose, but, like, a more confident and, and like – Derek Rose with some more swagger to him, you know, like yeah, like John Morant is what Derek Rose would have been if he had Dwayne the Rock Johnson confidence and swagger, you know, and that's the yes. way I see John Morant. And I I love the Grizzlies. I'm I'm hot on them. I think they'll go ahead and get past the get past the the Timberwolves. It might go six seven just because Anthony Edwards is fantastic. He's uh, going D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is a bucket, and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, other than the playing game against the Clippers, has been pretty productive. So, this is going to be an even matchup. Both teams are pretty young. There's no like crazy playoff experience on either side, but I do like uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to say they're hot, and don't be surprised if in the second round they upset a, a local uh, Cal- Southern California team. Speaking of. <laughs> Golden State, number three. Oh, so you're, you're hot on Memphis? I'm hot on Memphis, yes. Okay, okay. All right. Golden State. Uh, it's going to seem like I'm hot on everyone, man, because I'm hot on Golden State, too, right now. They're looking, <laughs> they're looking like that championship team that we thought they were going to be to start the season if everybody was healthy. Draymond's right. clicking. Uh, uh, Clay is looking a little bit, rounding out more into form. But Jordan Poole is the guy that's like, really standing out to me on Golden State. I like everything that they're doing. And to me, it's between them and the Phoenix Suns to make it to the NBA Finals coming out of the Western Conference. The only hiccup for the for the Golden State Warriors is Memphis, like I mentioned. John Morant is not a good matchup for Stephen Curry, so they're going to have to find a way to contain John Morant. And if they can then they'll be able to advance. But if they cannot, if, if they can't slow down Desmond Bain, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, or Jaron Jackson Jr., even the Steven Adams, because they Memphis has size over Golden State. But I like what they do. I like what they do. I like everything they're bringing to the table. They still are able to like run and gun. They have a new small ball death lineup. I forgot what they called it, but they have a new name for it. And I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Steph Curry guy. I'm a big Golden State guy. I was rooting for the Golden State Warriors up until they got KD. At that point, I'm like, I can really support them, given that they had the big four, they had the fantastic four over there in, in Golden State. But I'm hot on them. Uh, those three teams so far that you've mentioned are three of the teams that I'm the hottest on right now. Okay, okay, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, Milwaukee, the defending champions. So right now, I'm a little biased. I'm not even going to hide it. I'm not even going to front. I'm a little biased here, given that they're matched up in the first round against the Chicago Bulls. In my ideal world, they crumble. They they uh, don't take the Bulls seriously. 
they let it get to game six or game seven where the Bulls are able to steal it and upset the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is a beast. There's yeah. no one like him. However, outside of Giannis, they don't have the other guy. Yes, Chris Middleton can get going, but just like we see with DeMar DeRozan like in past years, he can go cold as well, and Drew Holiday has been known to get cold as well. Um, I'm going to say I'm not hot on them right now, but I could be proven wrong. However, if it like this is a tough one, man, because going into the playoffs, they were my predictions to make it to to come out of the East to make it to the finals. But I'm not hot on them right now. I'm not hot on them right now. It might be just by uh, Chicago Bulls bias right now. But uh, I do always say that uh, Milwaukee is Chicago lights. It's a suburban <laughs> Chicago. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm not on the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Uh, it looks like the Chicago Bulls can give them some fight. And going into the next round, they're going to either face a very hot uh, uh, Boston Celtics team. Hopefully you don't mention the Celtics. If not, I just answered that for you. Uh, a Brooklyn team that has two deadly scorers. And if not on the other side of the, of the conference, you have a Miami team and a Philadelphia team and the Toronto team. I'm going to say I'm not on the Milwaukee Bucks right now, but they, I can be wrong about this. They can prove me wrong because they are the defending champions. All right. Number five, Philly. I'm not hiding that whatsoever. Uh, going into the series with the Toronto Raptors, I actually had the Raptors' favor going into that series to upset them and beat them in six or seven games because I was so high on the Raptors' defense, the tenacity on guys from the perimeter, guys like Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, and they had scorers uh, like Gary Trent Jr., Fred Fleet. I was very low on James Harden in, in Brooklyn. And then even in Philly, I haven't seen anything too crazy. But Tyrese Maxey has... Oh, he this kid, man. That game He's... won 38 points. I was like, I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I got the evening off. It's game one. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit down. I'm going to watch this game. And... I, I just by the end of it, I just I, I got to turn this shit off. Like this is just brutal. <laughs> like we could not get going at all. And yes. Maxi for this this player who who is is not quite he's not quite a rookie, but he's not he's fairly young. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I think it's his second year. I think he's a second year player. So he's going off like that, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like he's not even one of the stars on this team. Like. But yeah, and then he's he, tonight. I think he only put up nineteen, but he still put up fucking nineteen points. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I, it's, Philly's weird. See, Philly for me, I feel like Philly might be a team to come out of the East and and do it. But it, I think they gotta yeah. really get their shit together now and take out Toronto quick. I feel I, like it, they could do it in four. Right. Right, right. They could do it in four. I'm going to say that Toronto gets at least one win at home in game four. They should have won game three. They should have won game three Wednesday night. They had all uh, multiple opportunities to shut them down. Philly got lucky, man. Philly got lucky. They got bailed out. Like They, they, they uh, messed up at end of regulation. Then they had OT. I think they went into double overtime, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And then... MB hoisted up that uh that top of the that top of the key uh three went it went in. If that doesn't go in, man, I feel like Toronto gets that game. I want to believe that Toronto's gonna get that game four. It's either gonna end in five or they're gonna push to six. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if they again push it to seven because I'm not that high on the on the Philadelphia 76ers. I like Tyrese Maxey. Joel Embiid is really good, but I saw him like uh go ahead and like just like catching the the ball towards like the top of the key, like by the three point line. And like he should be more in the paint when he's operating. And that's one one thing that I hate about Carl Anthony Towns is I wish these guys would like get inside and post up just a little bit more. I'm not high on James Harden. He's been known to flounder and and just like crumble in the playoffs. I will say this. I have more faith in DeMar DeRozan given his playoff uh, history than I do James Harden given his playoff <laughs> history. All right. All right. With, I, feel, I feel with that statement, I say it all. So I'm saying I'm not hot on the Sixers. Okay. All right. Number six, Miami. So I wasn't hot on them starting going into the playoffs, but the way they handled the Hawks in the first game, they went ahead and like broke away in game two. They don't have a go-to guy. Like, like I'm, I like I'm more like, I feel like Boston has more of a go-to guy with, with like a Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. but like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, like, you know, there's there's a former Toronto Raptor, there's a former Chicago Bull there. You know, like you would think we we we'd like the 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 Miami Heat, but I don't know, man. Like they'll get past the Atlanta Hawks. They might get past either Toronto or, or Philadelphia, depend, depending on who they get. And, and honestly, whoever they get, I think they have a solid fair chance to get to the conference finals. But I I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Milwaukee, if they lose to a Boston or even a, a Brooklyn. Or on Chicago if they somehow make it up. <laughs> I thought that no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um I'm gonna say I'm very timidly hot on the on the on the heat because they are Miami. I love their defense. They kind of like are a chain defense. They feel like they're one unit, one mind, one body when they play on defense. And that's what I love about them. And they got other guys like a Tyler Hero, like a Bam out of bio. They got plenty of guys. I think Eric Spolster is probably the best coach in the NBA right now, currently. Like, be, like, forget about Greg Popovich. I feel like right now he doesn't have the talent, and I think he might, might have lost that title to uh, Eric Spolster. So I'm going to say they're a little hot. I'm going to say they're a little hot, and they, when, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the finals uh, come okay. June. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number seven, the team that you hoped I wouldn't mention, Boston. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm hot on Boston. I am so hot on Boston. It's crazy because I see what Boston are doing. I'm like, this is what the Chicago Bulls should be doing. This is exactly what they should be doing. But like the difference that they have that Chicago doesn't is they have guys that can't play defense, like a Marcus Smart, a Jason Tatum when he's locked in, a Jalen Brown when he's locked in. They have rim protection and size with an Al Horford and Robert Williams. And then they they got Derek White from San Antonio, which I think is a very underrated pickup who helps their defense and just helps their like rotation in general. Daniel Tice, who was on Boston, he got traded to Chicago. I thought performed very well for Chicago, for whatever reason, floundered in Houston and is now back in in Boston. I think is gonna is a big piece because he's another big guy that can spread the floors slightly and still crash the glass. So. I like Boston. I'm very high on Jason Tatum right now. I I like them better than Brooklyn right now. That that whole series might go seven games, but I don't know, man. There's just something about Boston. Like 
Jason Tatum, like the the whole squad. I like I I'd like to see them get get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I prefer to see them right now than than Milwaukee or Brooklyn get to the to the conference finals. Yeah, I'm always against Brooklyn. I just I can't <laughs> I can't I I have no time for Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving and 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 I I I want to see yeah I want to see Simmons like succeed. Uh, yes, and I, I, me too. I I, I, I want to see him do what he I feel like he can do, but uh, I have no time for Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so so go Boston as far as I'm concerned. Um, Vince, we're going to end the show today um, with your, if you, if you got to choose right now, it's on mm-hmm. the line, you're dribbling down the court, you're taking that three, who's going to be in the finals and who's going over? <sighs> this might be a safe bet, but this was my prediction going into the playoffs and I'm not going to waver from it because I've been burned in the past by wavering from my original predictions. So I'm going to say we're going to get a, a rematch of last year's finals. We're going to get Milwaukee Phoenix with Phoenix getting the championship this year. I think, and then even if we don't get Milwaukee Phoenix, let's say we get like Philly or Miami versus Phoenix. I think Phoenix is the one that gets to the NBA finals, but like assuming Devin Booker is good and Chris Ball gets his first championship. Well deserved too. I, I, I was a deserved. Yeah, well deserved. He's one of my guys that I kind of hope that gets the championship before they retire. And I think this is the year. I think this is the year that the Phoenix Suns finally become NBA champions. Well, that's great. I, I love that pick. Uh, I I I think it it's either it's either going to be the Suns or it's going to be Philly for me. Those are the two teams that I feel like are the strongest candidates going in. I feel like Philly's clicking while Game Three was hard. Uh, I feel like the first <laughs> game one and two, I feel like they just figured out Toronto pretty quick and mm-hmm. Toronto is not a team that I feel like is easily figured out. Uh, Nick nurse is one of my favorite coaches. So are, are you a little biased here, given that they're going and going up against your Toronto Raptors and like, you see how well they're playing. So you feel like you, you see a little bit more of that. Cause I, I will be honest with you. I have not been watching that series like that. So um, I've been only watching like highlights and replays and that's about right. it. Well, see, for me, it's more than that. It, it's while I'm not the world's biggest Harden fan, like I feel like this is his team. And I feel like while the end of the season uh, and, and and since he's been acquired, he hasn't, like you said, done like something spectacular yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like at any point he could go off and also Embiid, is a guy who again can go off and I feel like plays a lot more comfortably with Harden than he ever did with Simmons. Um, as well as again, we've talked about Maxi, like this kid who's come out of nowhere and been able to have a playoff performance in a half. And again, I feel like Toronto is a team that like we talked about earlier is th- they perform better than anyone expected. And they are in a position where, they can either get past this team and they've mm-hmm. really got to pull up their socks to do it or yeah. they're, you know, come back next season and hopefully you, you still have some of those pieces you have now and you can improve on what you, what you've gained in this season. Cause I feel like this season is a lot better than last season was. Um, with all that being said, Vince, I want to thank you for coming on the morning sports report. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And I feel like I, I, as I always want to, I learned a lot from yeah. this episode of uh, the sports report. So 
Vince, uh, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to all the Wednesday Night Walt podcasts where they can find yes. anything that you do? Okay. Well, first off, I, I want to just say, Ryland, thanks again for inviting me onto the show. It was a great way to start my Thursday morning. I loved it. Uh, the only thing that was missing was my cup of joe. Um, but if you if you like what I would talk about, you want to talk more basketball, hear me talk about more basketball, or you just want to hear me talk wrestling, you can find me on social media at FCS Vince on Instagram and Twitter. The link tree in my bio will give you all my uh, content. I do two podcasts. I am the co-host of the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub, Smacking the Raw podcast, with uh, my co-host, the warden Matt Ritter. So you can find us every every weekend over on Pornhub slash YouTube over there, creationworld.com, Linktree slash Smacking the Raw, Linktree slash Creation World gives you all that info, but it's in my Linktree. Uh, also, uh, I do my own personal podcast, uh, Stra- the Straight Talk podcast, where I talk sports, bas- mostly basketball, wrestling, um, anime, like Marvel, Pokemon, all that other jazz. So it's a, a variety podcast that I do based out of here in Chicago. So if you like more basketball talk, I just recently did a playing uh, playing tournament Bulls uh, preview episode that's available right now. You can go ahead and check that out. If not, again, uh, link tree in my bio gives you everything we do. Smacking the Raw and Straight Talk will be there. Excellent. All right. If you want to follow anything that we do on Wednesday Night Wallop on Twitter, we are at W1Wallop on Instagram, just W1Wallop on Facebook. Just look, type in Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's us. Uh, <laughs> guaranteed. That's us. Uh, and you can follow us. Uh, or if you want to uh, jump into ASPWA wrestling, I will include the link to our YouTube channel. Um, where we are, you know, taking our venture into uh, booking wrestling just virtually Uh, in a very 70s, 80s Southern wrestling feel. Uh, You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, Kyle is doing a fantastic job so far setting everything up. So everybody check that out if you want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter at 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 R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, MaisieMulderDesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.